Welcome to Pizza with Padre. These nights are geared specifically for any high school teen to spark a conversation, to further understand, grasp, and engage the rich history, tradition, and teaching of the Catholic faith. This week's episode, we talk about the question and wrestle with this idea of why does truth matter? How do we define truth? And is there a universal truth? Mary Queen of Peace, pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. All right. If you haven't met me, my name is Father Luke. If you haven't met me, I have a bunch of blessings. Okay. So, does anybody remember anything that we talked about last time? I, I have no idea how much we need to review or teach again, but I want you guys to hear coming right out of the gate. The what I'm going to teach tonight and next week is the first week of November. So, what I'm going to teach tonight and what I'm going to teach next week are probably the most important things I will teach. Okay, so really, really important stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, you talked about like how we know certain things are true. How we know certain things are true. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Did we talk about what truth is? Yes. yes. Good. Does anybody remember what truth is? That it's where two things come together. It's where two things come together. Good. My mind, my ability to like reason and reality. What's reality? Reality is the way stuff actually is, right? The way stuff actually is. Where my mind and the way stuff actually is come together, we call that truth. Uh, give me an example. Somebody say something that's true. The Chiefs aren't doing too hot. This the year. Chiefs stink. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, good job. Good job. Good. Okay, the Chiefs stink. So what we think and the way things actually are is that true. Yes. Okay, so truth is where my mind and the way things actually are, we call that reality. Where those things come together, we call that truth. Uh, this is a music stand. This is an iPhone. Okay, all of those things are things that are true. There are two different kinds of truth. Do you remember what they are? Objective and subjective. Good job. How did you know? And objective truth. Does anybody feel super lost yet? Okay, good. So, a subjective truth is a subjective statement that agrees with what? The way things actually are. What is a subjective statement? A subjective statement is a statement that I make about me that depends on me for whether or not it's true. What would be an example? of a statement that you make that's about you, that depends on you for whether or not it's true. Yeah, I'm happy. You are happy. That's a statement you are making about you that depends on you. Great example. Yes. I am committed. I am committed. That's a statement you're making about you that depends on you. Good, yes. I am Lou. Very good. That's a statement you're making about you that depends on you. You also make And I also said it. It's also true for me. Hey, yeah. Okay, when is something not true? When you lie. Well, what is that? <laughs> so when you say something like, well, if truth is where my mind and the way things actually are come together, if that's true, what would be a false statement? 
a statement that I make that doesn't match with what? What would be an example of a false statement? Your hair is blonde, right? What you're saying does not agree with the way stuff actually is. Anyone else want to try? Yes. You are not a priest. You are not a priest. Very good. Yes. Okay, so subjective statements, subjective truths are statements I make about myself that rely on me for whether or not they're true. Generally speaking, we could call subjective truths or subjective statements statements of opinion. So, like, uh, some, somebody go for it. Tell us, uh, tell us a true opinion. Like, meaning an opinion that's actually yours. Yeah. Your favorite color is blue. Your favorite color is blue. Is, is it actually blue? Good job. Okay, very good. Oh, so yes. The Warriors are going to win the championship this year. The Warriors are going to win the championship this year. Definitely an opinion. Okay, yes. St. James the best high school. St. James the best high school. Definitely not an opinion. No. Okay. So. It's actually a fact. Very good, very good. <laughs> so subjective, subjective statements are statements I make about myself that depend on me for whether or not they're true. There is no God. Is that a subjective statement? No. Is that a statement I'm making about me that depends on me? No. Life begins at the moment of conception. Is that a statement I'm making about me that depends on me? No. No. Okay, so there are other kinds of statements, too. What are those kinds of statements called? Objective. Good job. Objective statements. Objective statements are statements that we make about, not ourselves, but about... Others? Other things? Yes. Thank you. What's an object? What's an object? Something that exists... That doesn't have life. Apart from me. Right, a, a person, a place, a thing, something that exists apart from me. Do you have to be able to see it for it to be an object? No. Do you have to be able to feel it or touch it for it to be an object? Like, love is beautiful. That's an objective statement. Is that a statement about anything you can see or touch or hold or pick up here? No. Okay? So now, the important thing is when, how do you know whether or not an objective statement is true? We can make lots of objective statements. Kansas City Chiefs are undefeated. Patrick Mahomes has thrown zero interceptions. Those are objective statements. How do you know whether or not they're true? Whether or not what you're thinking agrees with reality. What is reality? The way things actually are. If what I think agrees with the way things actually are, that's true. If what I think does not agree with the way things actually are, we call that an opinion. False. Thank you. It's okay to say it. It's okay to say it. Okay. What happens if something is objectively true? I think this is the last thing we talked about last time. If I say something that's objectively true, how often is it true? What if I don't know it? Does that make it not true for me? Like, okay, let's let's talk about the, okay, you brought them up. Let's talk about the Chiefs and the Titans. What if I don't know the score from the game on Sunday, and I, I don't know that the Chiefs won or lost? What did they do? Do you know what the score was? They lost. Okay. Okay. So if, no, it was worse than that. It was really bad. What was, what was the final score? 
Thirty to twenty seven. Oh, twenty seven. Oh, I said thirty to twenty seven. Oh, okay, beautiful. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs won on Sunday, or the Chiefs lost on Sunday. Those are objective statements. How do you know if they're true? Whether or not they agree with the way things actually are. Okay, so which statement is true? The Chiefs lost on Sunday. What if I really wanted them to win and I really felt like they should win? Does that mean in my world that they won? No. What if I didn't know that they lost and I just presumed that they won? Does that mean in my world that they won? No. What if I, uh, yeah, let's, what if I just like hated the, what if I hate losing and I just don't accept that the Chiefs didn't win? Does that mean that they won in my world? No. When something is objectively true, it's true regardless of whether or not a person knows it, likes it, or believes it. Why does that matter? God exists. What kind of a statement is that? Objective. Objective. If it's not true, how many people in this world is it not true? Everyone. Everyone. If it is true, like, what about for Pope Francis? I mean, he really thinks God exists. If it's objectively true that there is no God, does that mean in Pope Francis is wrong? Yes. 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 What if it's true that there is a God? Does that make atheists wrong? Yes. Yes. And so what we want to acknowledge, what is really important to acknowledge, whether or not there is a God is not a matter of Whether or not Jesus is God is not a matter of opinion. What would be some other things that are like really important objective statements that maybe they're true, maybe they're not, that we're kind of arguing about in our world today? Life begins at conception. Life begins at conception. Is that, is that objective or subjective? That's objective. It, uh, if life does not begin at conception, does that make me wrong? Yes. Yes. Hey, that's that's super important. Is it is it true that like that's a matter of opinion? Life begins at conception. Life does not begin at conception. Is that an opinion? It's if it's proven by science, is that two plus two is four? That's a that's an objective statement. Is that a statement of opinion? Two plus two is twenty seven. That's an objective statement. Is that a statement of opinion? Yeah. No objective statements are statements of opinion. They can be wrong. They can be false objective statements. 2 plus 2 is 27. Is that true? No. No. So they can be false objective statements, but no objective statement is a statement of opinion. Statements of opinion are statements that I make about me that depends on me. Uh, Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Is that a statement I make about myself? No. So, is that an opinion? No. no. The Pope is the vicar of Jesus Christ on earth, and he speaks with the authority of Jesus. That's, a, that's a, an objective statement. Is it an opinion? No. no. Does that make sense? Do you see why this matters a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So, let's, um, let's talk now a little bit about, like, why should we think, did we talk about this last week? I don't remember. Why should we care about this stuff? 
I'm like, yeah, truth, yeah, whatever, who cares? Why should we care about truth? All right, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, reasons. What happens when I don't care about truth? So, like, for example, um, when I used to teach at St. James, I would, I don't think I did it for your class. Maybe I did it. There was a couple years I did it, a couple years I did When I used to teach at St. James, we would talk about, okay, like, does truth matter? I don't know. Let's do an experiment to find out. And so I said, let's go outside and play wiffle ball. And people were like, are you serious? Yes. And we went outside and we played a couple innings of wiffle ball. And then I said, okay, stop. Now we're playing wiffle ball in a world where truth doesn't exist. How many outs in an inning? Doesn't matter. How many strikes make an out? Do you hit the ball or do you kick it? Do you have to pitch it? Does the umpire have any authority? Which direction do you run when you hit it? Do you tackle the pitcher? <laughs> so tell me, tell me, what word, what word would you use to describe a wiffle ball game played in a world that doesn't care about truth? Manic. Manic. What else? Chaos. Manic. Chaos. So what happens when I don't care about truth? Yeah, this is going to get really intense fast. Um, in a world that doesn't care about truth. Okay, so when a world doesn't care about truth, chaos, disorder, manic living, that, that's going to ensue. Guess what is also going to become very prevalent? Yeah. Oh, that way. Oh, that escalated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why? How can we, like, I mean, seriously, Father, like, can you actually say that? Is there a truth to when life begins? Yes. What happens when you live in a world that doesn't care about that? What's that? What, what happens? Death. Death. Uh, are Jews equal to other human beings? Are they objectively less than other people? And you can just treat them as slaves. Well, what happens when you live in a world where uh, that truth gets ignored or rejected? Okay, so we want to acknowledge why should we care about truth? Because when I ignore truth or when I reject truth, when I don't care about truth, it doesn't lead to freedom and to the fullness of living in any in any ways. Okay, another great example. Um, I uh, let's see. I, I love my car. My car is amazing. It is a really really special car. I really feel. Like, my car runs on cooling. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Aren't you proud of me? Yeah. Okay, please affirm me. Make me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, my car runs on cooling. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for me. What's the problem? Your car does not run on cooling. Don't tell him that. Okay, let's, let's talk about this. What... What's the problem with uh, me thinking my car runs on cooling? It doesn't. 
What? Well, I mean, what if I really feel like it does? The engines. So when I try to do something that goes against what I was made for, that goes against the truth of what I was made for, what my car was made for, what happens? It breaks. Right? Is my car gonna like become fully my car, and it's gonna be an even better car when it doesn't do what it was made to do? No. Uh, it's going to become what? It's going to become useless. Wow. Okay. Well, what if uh, I really thought that my car runs on Kool-Aid and um, Andrew was very honest and charitable or whatever and um, tried to convince me that it does what? I mean, why would you do that? So that you don't break your car. Like I, was, I, I would do it to help you. To what? To help you. To help me. Yeah. So it would actually like like tell me like, hey father, that's not what that was made for. And can I help you discover what your car was made for? Um, to approach me like that, is that should that should I, is that offensive? No. That Andrew's doing that? Shouldn't be. Is that hateful? No. Is that intolerant? No. No. And guys, you were living and you're being educated in a culture that tells you the exact opposite. That it's hateful to tell someone that's not true. That it's not loving to tell someone that's not true. What I mean, okay, like let's be honest, like cut the analogy, Father. Um, there are a lot of people in our world today that think that their their body, their life, their whatever, that there is no purpose to life. And that their purpose to life is whatever they decide their purpose to life is. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that begs the question of, was the human person made for truth? Like, do all of us live different lives and none of us are after the same stuff? Or could we say, like, pretty much every human being that's ever lived has been after, after the same stuff and their body has basically worked the same way? What do you think? Which do you choose? Yes. You say yes. Yes to what? To uh, like everybody kind of striving at first, like base level, everybody striving the same thing. I mean, like uh, in Germany, if your heart stops, what happens? Yeah. In China, if your heart stops, what happens? Okay, so like, do we agree the human body seems to operate the same way always and everywhere? And we would actually say disease is like when it's not working the way it's supposed to work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So science actually reveals that there is a truth to what the human body was made for, at least on a natural level. Do you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Hey, there's a lot of people in the world that don't. And would say that it's hateful to, to, to say that. Okay, on a, on, a, on a bigger level than that, um, are we after the same stuff as human beings? Are we all after different stuff? So everybody wants to be accepted, but they go about it in different ways. So are there any other things that like you would say everybody pretty much wants this? Happiness. What? Happiness. Look at that. Wow, the first <laughs> the first answer, Aristotle agrees with you. Do you know who Aristotle was? Yeah. Yeah, a famous dead guy who lived thousands of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Aristotle taught every human person wants to be happy. And maybe happiness is through pleasure, 
Maybe happiness is through eating lots of stuff. Maybe happiness is through money. Maybe happiness is through travel. Maybe happiness is through having lots of stuff. Maybe happiness is through friendship with Jesus. But Aristotle basically said, everybody wants to be happy. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Wow. So what we want to acknowledge, guys, is that there actually, there is then a growing order to who we are, to how we live. And when I choose not to live that truth, when I choose to be like, my life runs on cooling, when actually it runs on gasoline, what happens when I choose to ignore the truth about who I am and what I've seen? Am I going to become a person who is fully alive? No. No. I'm actually going to ultimately die. Doesn't everyone die? That could be physically, that could be spiritually. But the rejection of truth does not lead to life. It leads to death. So why should I care about truth? Why should I learn stuff? Why should I want to know who I am and what I was made for? Why should I show up to this? Because if I don't, my world is going to be increasingly chaotic, disordered, manic, and it's ultimately going to kill me. Yes. Aren't I going to die anyway? Well, do you believe Jesus is God and has conquered death? Yes. So, no. What happens then? We won't get into that. In future. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean what happens then? Like, I mean, do you not know who you are? Do you know that uh, as Christians we believe that every person has a soul? That there will never be a time when you stop existing. So are you talking about soul death or are you talking about just like death of the body? Okay, well, okay, the death, the death of the body, is that the death of the person? No. No. Are you just the body? No. So from this moment onwards, is there ever a time where you will not exist? No. No. You will always exist. Maybe you can have it, maybe you can help, but you will always exist. There's never a time from this moment onwards where you will not exist. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Either we would associate hell with spiritual death, mm. right, with suffering. Okay, so, all right, why care about truth? Well, I gave you the bad news first. When you reject truth, chaos, disorder, mania, and death ensue, okay, what about even, like, in cultures? Um, if, uh, hey, yeah, Nazi Germany, yeah, wow, they wanted to have a decent culture, they rejected truth, what happens? Chaos. Their culture no longer exists. Does that make sense? Okay. Why care about truth? So when you don't, that's what happens. Well, what are the positives to it? Why care about what does truth do for me? Why should I care whether or not there's a God, whether or not Jesus is sin, whether or not there's a right or a wrong way by which I live my life? Why should I care about those things? Yeah. It helps you have like a moral code to abide by. So it gives me a moral code to abide by, but why should I even care about that? What's that? Why should I care about truth? Because knowing truth makes me free. Knowing truth makes me free. What does that mean? Um, if I didn't know that I was enslaved, would I fight for freedom? No. No. If I didn't know that I was sick, would I get healed? No. No. Is that, on a basic level, does that make sense? Why should I care about what is true? Because truth is necessary for freedom. 
2 plus 2, knowing that, that actually makes you more free than if you didn't know that. Um, knowing what gravity is when you jump out of an airplane, does that make you more free? Yes. Rejecting that, what does that do? Yeah. Chaos! <laughs> they very chaotic all and then splat, right? <laughs> okay, so why should I care about truth? Whether it's in science or in philosophy or in law or in religion or in whatever it is, math, it makes me free. If you came in tonight and I was like up here, I don't know, bashing my brains out against, against this uh, music stand that I was just speaking myself like, to, to a pulp with it. Would anybody have walked in and been like, Father, you're so free. I'm so proud of you. Good for you. Why wouldn't you do that? Because I'm clearly hurting myself. And would it be hateful to jump in and to say, hang on, Father, is this actually helping you? Is that hateful? No. Is it intolerant? No. You live in a culture that tells you the opposite. Okay, so knowing truth makes me free. What else does knowing truth do for me? What does truth do for me? Life. What's that? Life. So truth makes me free. Truth also makes me more fully alive. Did somebody give me an example of that? Knowing truth about something actually makes my life better. Yeah. You feel fulfilled? Like once you actually know that you're doing what you were made to do, you feel fulfilled? Okay, very good. Any other thoughts? Examples? Yeah. Maybe it makes you feel more purposeful. It makes you feel more purposeful. Okay, how so? Direction to go in. It gives me a direction to go in. Cool. Anybody else? <coughs> Beautiful. These are great answers. Uh, the economy 500 years ago uh, in Johnson County uh, more or less alive than it is now. Why do you say that? Because it like, was very simple or maybe it didn't even exist. And so knowing what made the economy grow. How to build stuff, how to make stuff, how to interact with other people, how to travel, right? Did all those things help the economy? Yes. So knowing truth brought life. Uh, 500 years ago, uh, average lifespan, higher or lower than today? Lower. lower. Why? Because more people died from sickness. Why? Because we didn't know as much about the human person, the human body, or medicine. And so knowing truth actually brought more life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, why should I care about truth? Well, because when I reject it, I live a disordered life that ultimately leads to death. Why should I care about it? Because when I do, it's the path to freedom. It makes me more free. It actually it, it brings me life. It makes me more fully who I am, who I was made to be when I care about truth. What else does it make possible? Honesty. Love. Same thing. Anybody, does anybody love speaking Mandarin Chinese? Yeah, all the time, actually. What, say it again. If I could. Yeah, Mandarin, you're learning Mandarin Chinese. You're enjoying it? Yeah. yeah. Does anybody else know Mandarin Chinese? No. No. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so hang on. This is interesting. What, what's the connection here? The one person who knows it enjoys it, 
The rest of us who don't know it are kind of like, yeah, whatever. What's the connection? Knowing it makes what possible? Loving it. Can you love stuff that you don't know? No. And so why should I care about knowing stuff so that I can grow in love? Like, is virtue important? Is holiness important? Well, I mean, if I don't really know anything about it, I'm probably not going to love it. Does this kind of make sense? Okay, so like, why should I care about this? When I don't, it leads to chaos, to disorder, ultimately to death. What does it do for me? It makes me more free. It makes me more fully alive. It makes love possible in my life. Last reason why I should care about truth. That's who Jesus is. You know, in, uh, in the Bible, Jesus tells us that uh, I am the truth that has come to set men free. When he's talking, do you remember, who's the famous guy that he's talking to right before he dies? And the guy's like, you think you know truth? What is truth? And Jesus is like, he doesn't say that. We talked about this last time. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Jesus, in that interaction with Pontius Pilate, tells him, Anyone who hears the truth, hears my voice. Anyone who listens to truth, listens to me. Anyone who witnesses to truth, witnesses to me. We talk, I think we talked about this with the Latin word for witness. We didn't talk about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So Jesus, uh, it, right before he goes to his death, he's talking to Pontius Pilate. Why was he called Pontius Pilate? Because his name was Pontius and he flew for Southwest Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, right, who is this guy? He's the governor of the province Jesus is crucified in, right? And so before Jesus dies, um, Pontius Pilate is having this exchange with Jesus, and Pilate basically says, you think you know truth? What do you know about truth? Do you know what Jesus said to him? Anyone who hears the truth hears my voice. And those who witness to the truth witness to me. Um, so, like, two plus two is four. Uh, knowing that actually helps you know Jesus. Hearing that Topeka is the capital of Kansas, somehow, someway, you meet the person of Jesus in hearing that. That's awesome. Truth is who Jesus is. So the voice of truth is the voice of Jesus. But he says, anyone who witnesses to the truth witnesses to me. Do you know what the word, so what language would they have spoken in? Chinese? Hebrew. Swahili? Not Hebrew. What was the language of the of the uh, of Rome? Latin. Latin. Very good. And so Jesus and Pilate would have been talking in Latin. And so Jesus would have said, "Anyone who witnesses to the truth witnesses to me." What's the Latin word for witness? <laughs> what's that word? What's a martyr? Someone who dies in the defense of so what so Jesus actually told Pilate, anyone who is martyred for the sake of truth is martyred for me. Are there any times in our world today where it's hard to see what's true? Yeah. Where would be some examples? 
Give me some. Let's be real. School. School. Where? Like, how so? I mean, I go. It's like not Okay. So, like, saying what you believe to be true um, could be labeled like offensive or hate speech or unacceptable or something like that. Okay. Where else? Yeah, okay, politics. Where else? Yeah. Social media. Wow, look at that. Like, you could be destroyed on social media if you try to defend the truth of what marriage is or the truth of when life begins. Okay, so if you suffer for the voice of truth, you're suffering for Jesus. Yes. What, how, how so? I Where, like, you would, you would suffer for saying what's true? Okay. Okay. Questions about this so far, guys? Okay, there's a, let's see, there's probably, I think we have time for maybe two more things that are they're both um, really, really important. You are growing up in a culture um, that lies to you. What would be some examples of that? You were growing up in a culture that has committed intellectual suicide. Meaning some of the loudest voices in our culture today, in the media, in Hollywood, in politics, in some religions, have committed intellectual suicide. Meaning they don't think in a way that is honest. What would be some examples of that? Yeah. Contraception is okay. Yeah, absolutely. Life doesn't begin at conception. Or that's not a human person, so you can go ahead and kill it. Yes. Money is the most important thing in life. Okay, people who devote their lives to the pursuit of money, what do they have a lot of? Money, what do they not have a lot of? Relationships, friends, happiness. Yes. The entire universe is governed by... Your feelings and your thinking. <laughs> right? You can change your gender by just like healing something. You can change, right? And is that is that actually how things work? No. Like gravity will cease to exist if I feel like it shouldn't. No. Right? That's that's yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, there are lots and lots of examples. I want to hold up just a couple to you. Okay, if we're gonna think honestly, we need to be able to embrace these things. So uh, the first one is called the principle of non-contradiction. I promise it's easier than it sounds. Okay, this is basically just common sense. Okay, the principle of non-contradiction taught by a famous dead Greek guy named Aristotle. Why do we know his name? Because he taught stuff that was true, important. He made an impact in his culture, speaking truth. The principle of non-contradiction. A thing cannot both be and not be in the same way, in the same respect, at the same time. Got it? Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, let's put it in normal people English. So the principle of non-contradiction basically says a thing cannot both be and not be in the same way, in the same respect, at the same time. Normal people English, Father, what does that mean? One statement and the complete opposite of that statement cannot both be true. In the same way, in the same respect, at the same time. What are examples of this? 
God exists. What's the opposite of that? God does not exist. We can fight a war over which of those statements is true, but what should common sense tell us? It cannot both be true. They're not both true. One of those statements is wrong. Uh, another one. Life begins at conception. What's the opposite? Life does not begin at conception. Common sense. What should common sense tell me? Only one of those can be true. You can fight a war, have a long debate over which one is, but even before you get into any of that, you should acknowledge that, hey, we're not both right. You think this, I think the opposite. Guess what we can be certain of? We're not both right. So what should we do? Figure out who's right. Figure out who's why, why should I do that? Well, because I want to live. The truth is for my freedom. It makes me fully alive. It makes love possible. That's the voice of Jesus. Okay, so like, do, you, do you see why this makes a little bit of sense? Okay, now let's compare that to the culture that we're living in. Jesus is God. What's the opposite? Jesus, is not, Jesus is not God. What does our culture say about whether or not Jesus is God? It doesn't matter. What what matters? Whatever you feel. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, gender is solidified at birth. What's the opposite of that? Gender is not solidified. You can okay, and we want to take a side here. You can fight a war over which of those is right. But what should you? What should common sense tell you? One is wrong. Um, killing is okay sometimes. What's the opposite of that? Killing is never okay. Uh, what does our culture say? Killing is okay sometimes. Killing's okay sometimes. Or sometimes killing is not okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, Jesus is God. Jesus is not God. Uh, Christianity is the true religion. What does our culture say? There is no true religion. The true religion is whatever you the government is whatever you feel like it is. Could somebody okay? Could based off of what I just taught you, could somebody tell me why it's unreasonable to think every religion is true? Because they what? Contradict each other. Because they contradict each other. And so you commit intellectual suicide when you think every religion of the world is true. They can't all be true. They contradict each other. They have different visions of God and human person. Do you, do you see why this maybe matters in culture? So you guys are living in a culture that has rejected this, which is the most basic level of thinking. The most simple level of honest thinking should tell us Two things totally opposed from each other can't both be true in the same way, in the same respect, at the same time. You're living in a culture that says, oh, well, whatever is true is just a matter of, of personal feelings or personal thinking. Is that actually the real world? No. Do people, I mean, I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Do people actually live like that? 
So like whether or not gravity exists is up to your personal thinking. So like for you, gravity exists, but for me, gravity doesn't exist. Do people actually think like that? Two plus two is four for you, but it's 12 for me. Beijing, that's China in your world, but it's Jamaica. In my, is that actually, do people actually live that? For sure. Sometimes. When, okay, so let's think about this. When do people want to live? Like they can decide for themselves what's true. When it's what? When it's convenient for them, meaning when it relates to what? What they think. What they think or how they feel, feel or want to live. And so no one thinks like that when it's like, uh, can airplanes fly? But everyone thinks like that when it comes to like, should I do this or should I not do this? We're going to talk a lot about that next time. So that basically, that way of thinking, that's called relativism. Have you guys ever heard this before? Have you ever heard of relativism? Okay, this is the hallmark of a culture that has committed intellectual suicide. And we're going to see this played out in lots and lots and lots of ways next week. So next week, it's probably the most important thing I'm going to talk about. And that's relativism. What is it? Why should we be against it? How is it obvious that it doesn't make any sense? The last thing I want to teach you tonight is that you're also living in a culture that says faith and reason are friends? No. Basically, religion and science don't go together. You have to pick one. I, maybe I'm just making this up. Is Do you feel like our culture says that? Yeah. That like either you can be into religion, but if you're into religion, then you have to like throw honest thinking out the window. And so like you can either be into like religion and witchcraft and superstition and black magic, or you can be into nice, honest thinking and science and chemistry and the hard, tangible science. But if you're into that, you have to be an atheist. Is that true? No. How do we know that's not true? How do we know that this is the stupidest, I mean, this is one of the stupidest things that our culture has ever come up with? What's that? How do you know that faith and reason work together? Because Mr. Foster said it. Well, let's let's take it one step further. More than just hey, somebody cool said it. How do you know that? Because people of faith believe in reason. What's that? Because people in faith practice reason. The people people do both. Faith and reason are the same. What does faith have to do with truth? Truth. What does reason have to do with it? So are they enemies? No. No, because they lead to what? Truth. The same thing. So does that mean, does that make like a basic level of sense? This leads us to truth. This leads us to truth. They don't hate each other. They actually help each other. Um, in a future week, I would love to show you guys, unless you've seen it, um, a video of the Eucharistic Miracle that happened about 20 years ago. Do you know what a Eucharistic miracle is? Have you ever heard of those before? Sometimes when a priest is celebrating Mass and he consecrates Jesus, every time Jesus shows up in the Eucharist, sometimes Jesus ceases to look like a wafer and he looks like 
a hot bloody mess laying on the altar. Okay, what can you use when that happens to study and learn more about that miracle that actually grows faith? That's the blood sacrifice. You can study the proteins. You can learn so much about what that is. And so science leads us to God. Faith leads us to God. Jesus, our God, tells us that he is the voice of truth. So Jesus has come, right? Religion leads us to him. Reason also leads us to God. Do you need any examples of reason leading us to God, or does that make sense? Maybe just one. Maybe just one? Yeah. Does anybody have just one? Yeah. Oh, so let's be first in miracles. This is something I was supposed to be They tested the, like, blood and flesh from the little, like, a sample mm -hmm. that they found from, like, DNA found the blood was from, like, uh, the Middle East, is that right? Well, it was from the Middle East, and like they had, told, they had realized it was part of the heart. A little piece of flesh was part of like the heart lining, and they could say that the heart had been like beaten and under stress. And all the time. Yeah, you've seen that video. That's awesome. That's awesome. So they took they took that miracle that happened in 1997, I think I'm telling in Argentina, and they compared all of the science there with the miracle that happened. 1,200 years before that miracle in Argentina that happened 8,000 miles away from Argentina in Italy. And they studied that miracle. This is amazing. So they took the science from a miracle in Argentina in the 1900s, and they compared it with the science from a miracle in Italy 1,200 years before that miracle in Argentina, and do you know what science proves? Science, not theology. Do you know what science proves? It's the exact same person. Science leads us to faith. And science actually strengthens. Science can disable and destroy faith that is not true. But if faith is true, science will only help it and strengthen it and make it even more powerful. Did, did the needle move in anybody's heart in relation to the Eucharist learning that? Yeah, yeah awesome. Okay, uh, any questions you guys have? We started a little bit late tonight, and I'm sorry for that. Um, I want to give you guys, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the talking. I want to give you guys time to ask a lot of questions. Is there anything that you want to ask about tonight? You don't have to. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Does the principle of non-contradiction prove that not all denominations of Christianity are true? Yes. How many denominations of Christianity think Jesus is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist consecrated by a Catholic priest at Mass? One. Yes, how many denominations of Christianity there are in the United States today? 48,000. Like 48,200. <laughs> One of them thinks that. So what, what should non-contradiction tell us? One of them thinks that 48,200 and something others don't. One of them's right. One of them's right. At least one of them's right. 
today. Guys, let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we give you permission to work in our hearts and our stories to bring us a greater understanding of who we are and of who you are. Father, we pray for openness, for trust, and for humble confidence that Jesus is indeed the truth. And we give you, Father, permission to move within us, to stir within us, to shape us in ways, help us to see where we do not live in truth. And give us the grace of humility and authenticity to own that and to bring that to Jesus, that we may become more fully free and more fully alive as we say yes to living in friendship with you. We ask all of this through the intercession of she who is the mother and the of Jesus Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. And God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Pizza with Padre. If you want to join us in person, we meet the first and third Wednesdays in the SMA School Cafeteria. Within our Life Teen community, we are overjoyed with the continued witness that the Holy Spirit is still moving, and our God is still alive in His invitation to all people to be in communion with the Catholic Church. Pizza with Padre is part of the Life Teen effort for formation and preparation for high school teens to receive the sacraments of initiation. If you're a high school teen or know of a high school teen seeking these sacraments, we ask you to complete the intake form located in the podcast description so we can best minister to the specific circumstances that you may have. As we walk with you towards the formation and reception of the sacraments of initiation, wherever you may be, we want this process to be with the full support of our Life Teen and St. Michael the Archangel Parish community.